He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. Front man of the Blue Stones, Tarek Jafar, joins me on the Laser Hotline, courtesy of Time Out Bar and Arcade, downtown Ames, the next level of arcade. Thanks for your time today, man. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for having me. And answering what would have been my first question, the pronunciation of your name. Oh, yeah, Tarek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, because not only am I a broadcaster, Tarek, I'm also a public address announcer for our local United States Hockey League team, the Des Moines Buccaneers. And from memory, there have been two players in the history of my doing that gig, one pronouncing it like you do, and the other pronouncing it Tarek. Yes, that, that's usually what people go to as a default when they're talking to me. Um, but yeah, it's, I usually go by Tarek. But to be honest, I, I don't really mind. It doesn't bother me that much. Well, it might not bother you, but as a at least a semi-professional, I might consider myself. Uh, I pride myself on getting the pronunciations right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Of course. We're excited to see the Blue Stones on Friday night at Vaudeville Muse. This Hidden Gems Tour is probably your first time in a lot of these cities you're playing, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Um, I mean, Des Moines being definitely the first time for us. But we, we are hitting some cities that we're familiar with, but definitely a lot of new places, which we're excited for. Windsor, Ontario is the place you and your bandmate Justin call home. Though being so close in proximity to Detroit, I imagine the Motor City was probably like a second home to you both in some respects. Yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, we, Detroit is just so close. I mean, it's literally 20 minutes from my house, you know, to get right downtown Detroit. So being people from Windsor, I mean, we, we travel to the States all the time for like sports games and for concerts, um, just like a number of events. And then all of our media comes from the States as well. So we're pretty Americanized down here in Windsor. <laughs> right. At what age did you and Justin meet and then decide to start making music together? So we met actually in high school, uh, sophomore year on the football team. Uh, so we were about 15 years old. And we were friends for a good six years actually into university before we even started playing music together. Justin was pretty public about like playing in bands, but I was a little bit more private with the stuff I was writing. And then finally I was just like, you know, why don't you have a listen to some of the stuff I've been working on? And he liked it, and then we sort of ran with it, and uh, here we are. So it took a little time for you to sort of step out of that comfort zone and, and share with uh, somebody else the stuff you had been doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was definitely more private with it. So over the course of time, how has that sort of evolved for you as a front man, as a guy that's out front and singing? Yeah, I've definitely got a little bit more open with I mean, when it comes to writing, I usually still write alone. Um, I'll like put down ideas and then show Justin what they are, um, and, and see what his feedback is on them. But as far as like performing and being up on stage, I think I've really kind of came out of my shell. I read somewhere you were in the midst of finishing your college career when you were writing the songs that ended up becoming the Black Holes album. Yes, yeah, very true. It was like just as we were finishing our university degree, we were finishing up Black Holes, and this whole idea of kind of having this next stage of life just staring you in the face and not really know what to do next. So you kind of feel lost and you feel almost like an astronaut just kind of floating around in this big open wild space. So um, that was that was big in, as far as developing the theme for the album. And it wasn't even like it was purposeful. It just sort of came out that way just because that was the general feeling of the time. That's interesting, too, because I know, I'm recalling, of course, the album cover itself and the floating astronaut, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the imagery was perfect. So what were you each majoring in, or what career path might you have taken if you hadn't chosen music? Uh, well, I know Justin sort of majored in philosophy. Uh, he finished that degree. Um, 
and I finished a degree in, in biology. Um, and now we're actually, I mean, Justin's kind of went to went on to pursue more like business entrepreneurship, and I actually finished um, a degree in physical therapy. So I'm, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm actually a certified physical therapist. Um, oh, but wow. it just it just sort of came about that the timing for finishing school worked really well with the timing for when the Blue Stone stuff was starting to take off. So um, kind of lucked out there. Do you remember deciding to take that plunge, and was that an intimidating venture? For sure, it was. You know, like you you always hear the stories of people who try and fail, but, I mean, you can't really let that get to you. Um, it was more so of a small incremental successes that sort of kept us going. You know, we just little things that were better than, than the last time and, and little improvements here and there. And sort of when we looked back, we saw this, this sort of huge leap forward that maybe as they were happening, we didn't realize would build into something larger than, than what it seemed. Um, so there wasn't necessarily actually like a moment where I was like, it's time to take the plunge. It just sort of built up over time. Today's guest in the hall pass is Tarek Jafar, who sings and plays guitar for the Blue Stones in town Friday night at Vaudeville Muse for a 21 and over show. First time here in central Iowa for Tarek and his bandmate, drummer Justin Tessier. Two-piece rock bands are a pretty rare thing, but what has always amazed me about bands like the White Stripes and bands like the Black Keys and the Kills and, and others is how big a sound just two people can create. Did any of those names I just mentioned provide any kind of a blueprint for how it can be done and done well? For sure, you know, I mean we're, it'd be silly to say that we weren't influenced by the Black Keys and the White Stripes and we definitely were, we really enjoyed their music when we were growing up Um, but we sort of wanted to develop our own thing, you know, and we took bits and pieces from what we liked and what we heard subconsciously into what our sound is now Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of two-piece bands that I think are great, even like the modern day ones, so like Royal Blood is an example that most people go to. Um, Black Pistol Fire is kind of another one that we, we really like and enjoy listening to their music. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that we're influenced by, but it's never sort of taking a blueprint from somebody and saying, how can we recreate what they do for us? It's more like just letting those influences naturally occur and come out during the writing process. So how important is a producer in the role of the creative process then? Since you have two minds coming up with these ideas and these sounds, having a producer as sort of an outside source, I imagine, is probably a pretty good thing. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, especially somebody who can really take a look at your songs, um, well, first off, on fresh ears, but secondly, that has some like a skill set and the knowledge on how to build a good song and to help you with arrangements, to maybe help you with certain parts that you weren't thinking about, or to help coach you into, into doing certain things, let's say vocally or instrumentally, that you would have never really have considered. And it's just really important to have that outside perspective, um, especially somebody who's invested in your music as well. If they care about the project, they're going to treat it like one of their own, and, and it just everything ends up being better. Not to mention producers tend to be gear junkies, and I'm sure you guys got to play around with lots of different sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was nice to just kind of spend weeks in the studio and experiment day in and day out. It was a lot of fun. They wonder what a playground looks like when you're an adult musician. That's exactly what it looks like. That's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> the Blue Stones signed a deal with Entertainment One in 2018. Having a team around you now, as opposed to the DIY method when you're an independent artist, was that tough to get used to at first? Yeah, for sure. It was just a lot of changes. I mean, there's certain jobs that, because, I mean, both Justin and myself were very hands-on with our brand and with our, with our band. Um, so having to let go of certain things was, 
a little bit challenging at first, but we have a great team that surrounds us. Um, everybody is, is, you know, about us first and making sure that we're comfortable with taking things the way that we want to take them. They, there's a lot of respect, and they, they know the vision that we have for our image and for our music. So it, it was a lot easier than it could have been to give up those responsibilities. I love the new single, Shaking Off the Rust. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great one to play live, too. Brings up an interesting question, particularly because it's just you and Justin having to pull off these tunes live night in and night out. Is that something you're cognizant of while you're writing and recording these songs? Because you can get away with a lot of trickery in the studio that you might not be able to pull off live, right? A hundred percent. I mean, we don't really hold back on what we like to record. We want to make the song the best the song could possibly be. We're not going to not do something because, oh, we're just two people. Usually what we do is we make the best song that we possibly can, and then we figure out, okay, how are we going to translate this live? And it creates for a different live experience than what you might hear on the album. But, I mean, I think that's a great thing. I think when you go see a band live, you should have a different experience there because you know what the album sounds like. You know what the singles sound like. Come to the show and see something different. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the Blue Stones covering the Blue Stones. <laughs> that about right? That's exactly it. <laughs> um, you know, you alluded to this a bit ago, Tark, but obviously there's a lot of growth that happens both personally and professionally as a band continues on and puts out new material. When you consider your process a few years back during the creation of Black Holes, for example, as compared to what you've done most recently, do you feel it getting any easier, or is there always a part of you that, as an artist that struggles at times like anyone else in their chosen profession? Oh, yeah, there's always a time you're going to struggle. There's going to be a time where you think what you're writing isn't good enough, or you're not good enough as a musician, or you're not good enough as a live performer. And, I mean, that's just normal. I think what gets easier is your ability to recognize that and sort of push through it. Um, funny enough, that's where the, the whole theme behind the song, Shaking Off the Rest, comes from. You know, it's about not feeling like you're good enough and not feeling like anything you do is quality, but then sort of brushing that off and, and coming through with something great, you know, even though that you might not think you can. I love the video, too. It's an interesting concept, putting on a show for fans at virtual reality. Yes. And, you know, giving yourself about 30 seconds to wake up and roll out of bed before it's go time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because, like, we were discussing that, that idea. Um, I mean, the director had, had kind of alluded to Black Mirror, the show, a few times. And that's a show that we're both fans of. And it's funny that it, it might seem kind of ridiculous when you see it in a music video, but it could possibly be the way things are headed. I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but... It seems like a, a near-future sort of thing to happen. Hey, if holograms are a thing now, consider uh, virtual reality can absolutely be a thing in the future. Definitely. The only thing you'll have to figure out is what you're going to charge for tickets at those shows. Yeah, true, because, I mean, <laughs> literally rolling out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody sitting on their toilet. I don't know if that was Justin playing or if that was somebody rocking out with you guys or what somebody, it was. <laughs> if somebody rocking out with us. On the toilet. Sure he gets that. Unreal. Tarek, I appreciate your time, man. We're really looking forward to having you guys in town Friday night playing Vaudeville Muse. I know I'm looking forward to coming. A bunch of my coworkers here at the station, we're all fans. And uh, hopefully we can work out the logistics and have you and Justin drop by the station. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Likewise. Safe travels, and we'll see you in about 48 hours. All right, man. That sounds good. Thanks for talking to me, Andy.